0: Every epic adventure needs a treasure map, and every career journey needs a purpose and strategy. Let's take this trek together. I'm Megan Valley,
1: And I'm Brad Minton.
0: This is Your Career GPS.
1: Welcome back to Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, college students, and new grads navigate their personal career journey. I'm Brad Minton, back once again, and I have my amazing co-host, as always, Megan Valley. (laughs) Last week, we had the amazing privilege of interviewing Edith Richards, who is a master practitioner of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, and we got to learn all about personality type, how it manifests in our life, how we can discover our own personality type, and how that new self-awareness is going to help us navigate roads and be able to assess the terrain moving ahead. So this episode today we're so geeked about is really a continuation of uh, a lot of that same principle.
0: Yeah, today's episode, Clear View Ahead, Talent Insights to Increase Vision, is going to be all about the Talent Insights Assessment. To help us dissect and dive into this topic, we've invited our special guest and my friend and previous colleague, Julie Brewer. As an avid user and facilitator of talent insights, Julia is here today to break down this assessment used to help people discover what motivates them, how to play to their strengths, and how they'll behave in future situations. Julie has been in career development for the past five years. She founded her career coaching company, Compass Discoveries, in 2015 to help students discover their strengths and talents to develop direction and career goals in high school and early college. She's also currently a career advisor at the University of Texas at Austin, Hookham. She has a master's degree in education and global career facilitator certification. In addition to her endeavors as a career coach, Julie has a second company near and dear to her heart. Her love of animals led to the creation of Pupsicle, a student-run company distributing healthy frozen dog treats in 50-plus locations across Texas. Julie, we're stoked to have you here today with us. Welcome.
2: Thanks, Megan and Brad. I'm really pleased to be here with you.
0: Yeah, so... We want to learn all about this Talent Insights, and you're the guru. You're the first person who introduced it to me. So let's start off with, you know, that kind of high level. What makes the Talent Insights assessment unique, and what is it designed to measure?
2: So, you know, you had mentioned Myers-Briggs a little bit earlier, and that was the leader in assessments, and and people are very familiar with that. That was invented, came out in 1962. Um, what I love about the Talent Insights, I describe it as the Myers Briggs on steroids. That there's a lot of science and funding that went into creating this assessment. And when we look at career satisfaction, we know through research that that there needs to be three different components to career satisfaction. We've all heard that follow your passion. What do you love? What gets you up in the morning? What gets you excited? And that's great advice, but there are also two other components to that. The other is it needs to come somewhat naturally to you. That's not Mm -hmm. to say there isn't going to be a learning curve, you know, as you're learning learning new skills for that career. But it needs to come somewhat naturally to you. And then the third component is you need to connect it to a career path that supports the lifestyle that you envision for yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you have all three of those components, it leads to likely very high career satisfaction. So what Talent Insights does is it incorporates all three of those. The first is, you know, what are you good at? What comes naturally to you? And that's based on our behaviors. Those it measures observable behavior, also known as the disk assessment. Some mm-hmm. of you may have heard of that one. It's a very mm-hmm. fairly common one. Right. It also helps us determine what which one of six motivators gets us going. What are we passionate about? What do we care about? And that one can be tough to identify using other assessments that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And then the third is it takes the two of those and combines it and gives a list of high potential job and career matches. So it's Mm -hmm. really encompasses all three of the necessary components for career satisfaction.
0: Great. So really holistic view at that, taking all of those things into consideration to find this kind of one-stop shop of different careers that you can start to explore and research and dive into. Correct.
2: It's also one of the few ones that's used actually in the corporate world for job matching and promotion and conflict resolution. So it's very applicable and aligned with careers and the world of work.
0: Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's where I was first introduced to it was at work you know we met at UT and you were the one who kind of gave that assessment and broke it down for me talked to to me about my results and what it all meant and i just fell in love with this i think it's so insightful and it's really fun to learn about your own results and then to also know how to interact with other people too
2: yeah i get a common uh comment that i get is i can't believe how insightful it is and how much information yeah. i gained in an assessment that takes short of 25 minutes mhm it's
0: incredible.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. One of the things that I was hoping that you could maybe expand upon a little bit is this concept of uh, the motivators and, uh, and thinking about, you know, our audience here, you know, uh, young people who are just kind of starting out, motivation is not exactly one of the things that, you know, is, is, is easy. And sometimes it, it certainly takes some you know, a little bit of momentum to get things going, and, and some self discovery. So, can you can you explain some of those motivators and and uh, what they're actually looking for uh, in this assessment?
2: Sure. Um, and as you mentioned, I think students are really focused on more so than maybe the previous generations of finding something that feels satisfying to them. And so that's what these six different motivators can help you determine what's going to get you out of bed in the morning, what's going to get you over that challenging parts of, of, you know, learning something new for this career path, but it can be broken down basically into six categories. And I'll just go one at a time. The first one's called theoretical Mm -hmm. and theoretical is the discovery of truth and knowledge. So people who love research, who love theories, who love problem solving, the, just the joy of learning for learning's sake. Mm -hmm. So a teaching professor research role would be something that would be very satisfying. For somebody who's a high theoretical, the second one is aesthetic, and the key words for aesthetic is form and harmony an appreciation for nature, music, art, mm-hmm. connections and balance in life. Um, high aesthetics tend to like finer things in life, high quality. Um, they find joy in you know exploring design, music, philosophy, um, or even just making connections between people and ideas. That idea of like two puzzle pieces fitting together and that click that comes with it is a good analogy for that high aesthetic
1: mm-hmm.
2: motivator. The next one's called individualistic. And the primary motivator for individualistic is that power and recognition. This is where you see people who thrive in competition. You often see leaders as being high individualistic. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm thinking about if you are at a car dealership and you work at a car dealership, your, you wouldn't be as motivated by maybe the commissions that you would make, but you would be extremely motivated by the plaque on the wall that says Megan is our absolute top salesperson, right? Um, or take some pride in maybe being the leader there or the owner there. Mm-hmm. So that's what individualistic is all about. And then there's a the one that I think we all think of when we think of success or what motivates people, and that's utilitarian. And utilitarian is an interest in money or basically a return on our time investment. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Utilitarians are very focused on what's useful and they want to see, you know, something come back to them if they invest. So sales commission there would be highly motivating for a utilitarian or a high income would be very high motivating for utilitarian. The fifth one is social. Social are the big hearts of the world. They have Mm -hmm. an inherent I think you might fall under that, Megan. I, don't know. <laughs> um, I think American. I remember Just a little
1: bit, just <laughs> a little bit.
2: <laughs> Love of people. We see these people as selfless, sympathetic. Uh, people In that are high socials find a huge amount of um, gratification in helping other people. So careers in nonprofit sectors or social services, or that's where you see people who work for Greenpeace. They just love to give and get joy knowing that they're helping the world, helping other people. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is traditional. And traditionals are motivated by unity, order. They tend to seek a system for living. They like having defined rules. They like regulations for living. They know if they do this, then the result is going to be that. And if you do this, then the result will be that. And so that's where you often find people who they like that predetermined path. Mm
1: -hmm. So you might
2: find military or law enforcement or some of those more kind of predictable career paths where they know Mm -hmm. what each step will encompass. And high traditionals kind of feel like if everyone would just follow the rules, everything would be great. (laughs) Very structured, Um, right? (laughs) Very structured. Yeah. They find that incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. So you can see they're all very, very different. And we all have, you know, can have combinations of these, mm-hmm. um, right? And they tend, like, unlike behaviors in the disc assessment, behaviors can change. Your motivators are typically set by about the age of eight. So,
1: oh wow,
2: yeah, yeah. So we, you can identify this in children at a very young age, if you know what to look for, which is
0: fascinating to me. Wow. Well, I love these six buckets, and I'm definitely remembering my own results with this. Yes, it was, it was high social, high aesthetic. And I know I know mm-hmm. that with these six different categories, we also have colors that come into play, right, Jolie? Correct. Correct. Okay. So how do those colors come in? So the colors that
2: you're referring to, they align with that disc assessment. So mm-hmm. we talked about we just talked mm-hmm. about motivators, what motivates you, what drives you. Your the disk measures how you do things. So motivators might be the why you do things. Your disk is how you do things. This is observable mm-hmm. behavior. Now, unlike motivators, this can adjust over time. So you might get to be more dominant as you get more confident and more experienced in your belt. Um, they typically won't drastically change, but they will they will adjust. And especially based on what's expected of you in the external environment. So the the colors that you're thinking of are, we'll start with the red. Red stands for D and dominance. A high D, a high dominant person might be described as driving or ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, a low D would be maybe described as peaceful, unobtrusive. So... How quickly you want to engage in conflict sometimes can determine that that's what that might look like. Now we all have all of these in in the um, behavior section here. Everybody is on some has some level of dominance. It's just a matter of where you fall on the scale. So the, the second one is yellow, and that's I influencing um, high. A high yellow would be very magnetic, very enthusiastic. Low might be seen as logical or suspicious. High yellow is trusting. You know, we take our time and getting, if we know somebody and we feel like we have a connection with them, we tend to then listen to what they have to say next.
0: Um, These people can
2: be seen as super enthusiastic. They love, they get their energy from interacting with other people. They don't necessarily like to be, you know, buried behind a book all day. They get the energy from interacting and working with other people, presenting. Now, if you can imagine, a high yellow might love to go out and meet people, right? Get out there and connect with people. If you are somebody who's a high D and a high I, so high dominant and high influencing, they would Mm -hmm. be a phenomenal salesperson.
0: Right. Get out there, talk to people, connect with
2: them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But somebody who's low I isn't going to feel comfortable. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to take... A lot of energy for them to get out and interact with as many people as they would need if they're doing a sales role, for example. Then the third one is green, and that is steadiness. And this is pretty observable. This, this is how active you like to be. So a high S, it's kind of backwards, but a high S shows a relaxed, a passive, um, somebody who would take a long time to actually take action. They want to gather a lot more facts. They want to think about it. They want to ponder it. A low S is, could be seen almost as impatient or eager or on the extreme, somewhat (laughs) compulsive. So Uh they, they're acting first and thinking about it later. (laughs) And so, you know, again, you can kind of see, you could describe a high S could kind of be seen as a a couch potato in in a way, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're comfortable in that slower pace. They don't like to be rushed. They need to take their time. They need to think things through. They don't like to feel pressured. Where a low low S could be frustrated. If they're excited about something, they're raring to go, let's do this. And waiting for everyone else to to catch up can be frustrating for somebody who's a very low S. Right. And then the last one is C, and that shows up in a DISC assessment is blue. And C stands for Compliance. Compliance is structure. People high C love structure. Give me the manual. Give me the book. Tell me exactly what is expected of me. They're very careful. They're very cautious. They get very nervous at the fear of making mistakes. Mm. So, thinking about an accountant could thrive as a high blue. They love that structure and predetermined set of what's going to happen next. Where the low blue, That's me, unsystematic, uninhibited. (laughs) Those people with a low blue, their desktop is usually a mess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They feel confined if there's too much structure and too much rules. Mm -hmm. So you can see that each of these can be a pro and a con. You know, there's no, with, with both the behaviors and the motivators, there's no right or wrong, but it's really the combination of these that can determine What's going to be a satisfying career that comes somewhat easily to you based on your behaviors, that's motivating because you care about it and you love it, and then aligning that with great career matches really can give a lot of insight.
0: Absolutely. And I love how we all have all of these colors too. You know, it's not like you're just put into one single box. You know, if you realize, oh, I'm, I'm really high yellow and I'm really low blue, we can still tap into those other compartments when we need that. And it kind of gives you that foresight to know if I'm really low blue and I know that a lot of structure is coming my way, I can prepare for that and I can be ready and I'm not caught off guard and I don't get overwhelmed in that situation. That was one of my favorite pieces about this assessment specifically was that idea that we have all of these these parts to ourselves each person and we just need to know when it's appropriate to fill one bucket a little bit more than some of those others really good
2: point Megan yeah this creates a self-awareness and an awareness of other people when you understand that not everybody goes about the world exactly the way that you do and you can you can relate to people better as well so if i'm trying to present something to let's say a high sea that high blue that love structure, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go in saying, Hey, how have you been? And let's chit (laughs) chat for a while. I'm going to want to go talk to that person with some facts and figures. And I'm going to want it maybe visually laid out ahead of time, or just knowing if you're dealing with somebody who's high green, giving them lots of time to make up their minds. It, It really can create an awareness about how to best interact with other people who may not have the same communication styles, as you have,
0: right, right,
1: yeah, and that's a that's a brilliant lead-in to um, really thinking about this particular assessment's practical uses. And I I love the fact that you really touched on two different dimensions of this assessment and how they work. Really. You know, getting clear on on how you operate, just the way that you you know interact, the way that you just come off in your presentation and in your communication styles and that kind of thing, and also the things that are really motivating for you. So the why, and I, I love how this assessment tool, like you said, it is kind of on steroids in the in the sense that it, <laughs> it pulls all of that. Really insightful information together. So, with that being said, f- you know, for you, you know, having so much experience with this assessment tool, how do you use it in your work and, and what's the, the, the practical application for, uh, uh, for young adults to be able to take in their career journey?
2: So, you know, for students, it, it's overwhelming sometimes for them to think about what is it that they want to do with their life. You know, it can seem super, super overwhelming. But when you put it in these buckets, and you match them up with behaviors and the motivators that align with, with each career path, at least gives you a place to start. And you know, mm-hmm. as, as career coaches yourselves, you know the next step is <laughs> let's talk to some of these people who are in these career paths, right? That's mm-hmm. This yes. is just the first step. But understanding what it is that drives you and what comes naturally for you will help you navigate your career path for your whole life. So for young people, it's, particularly intimidating because there is so much to choose from. This can narrow it down a bit and and kind of at least make you self-aware. I think, as you mentioned, Megan, too, just like understanding we all have areas where we're super strong and Mm -hmm. then, but the most successful people realize where they might have some weaknesses and places that they need to look out, right? And so being aware of the fact that yeah if my desktop is not organized I'm not going to have a productive day being able to be aware of those things and mitigate those really can contribute to a person's success
0: and i experienced that personally when i took this assessment i think that's part of why i love it so much is it showed me areas where i was just i had i also have very low blue and I'm very high yellow. So I think, mm-hmm. I think we have we get similarities along so well. there. Yes.
1: Wait, wait, and, wait, wait. You're you're high yellow. I
0: am, what, Megan? Megan's I, high I, yellow? I
1: never would have guessed.
0: I <laughs> uh, you know it's so obvious. But but you know, I didn't I had no idea that I would be so low on that blue end. And when I saw that, I realized starting to look back at my previous life and experiences. I get overwhelmed when there's a lot of detail. I get overwhelmed when there's a lot of that structure and people need tons of facts and want to do this intense, deep, deep research. And it's just not something that I naturally enjoy. And so once I saw that written down in front of me on paper, it made it so much easier in the future when I knew those kind of projects were coming my way. I just reset my mind. You know, it's that reframing of, okay, we're going to have to tap in here. I'm going to to put on this different hat, give more energy over here and it's going to be okay. And I really saw a difference in the way that I approached projects and the results of those projects. So this assessment is so near and dear to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love talking to Julie about it because you just know everything there is to know about it. So it's been a joy.
2: It is really amazing. I I mean, people, uh, I think it's just kind of puts, people love Myers-Briggs because once you learn what all the letters stand for you can converse with other people about it yes and that's really what this is on a higher level and what if we could all understand these we could really really I think know how to form good teams for example if I know because I am low blue I really need to be working with somebody who's going to keep everything in order in my Mm -hmm. businesses like I I know just to not even bother with that. And I turn that over (laughs) to somebody who loves it, right? Mm -hmm. And that frees me to focus on the parts that come easily for me and the parts that I love.
1: Absolutely. You know, one of the things that, I keep thinking about the last two episodes, and certainly in this one, where we've, where we've taken things a step further about self-awareness and about really developing such an understanding about the way that we, the way that we process things, and the way that we go about our daily lives and our communication, and and what drives us, and all these these different factors that encompass who we are, using them as the compass moving forward. I it makes me uh think about so much about all of the turbulence that we have in the world today and you know in the political scene and social justice and and how you know just doing things like this how they can really really bolster empathy and yes. understanding and if everybody got on board with this you know what kind of a what, what kind of dynamic change can we create in the world and it's unfortunate that you know, that's unlikely to take place anytime soon, but we, we can, we can hope.
2: We can dream. That's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah. It's Just beautiful. Being aware but... of our differences and, and seeing the strength that comes with a nice balance of all the different areas. because they're all important.
0: And I felt that too, you know, when you know how people interact, how they communicate, where they're coming from, it completely changes that dynamic being, you know, high yellow, I'm very touchy feely and tell me all the wonderful things in your life. And let's be happy and mm-hmm. optimistic <laughs> to get all these wonderful, like, <laughs> you know, what I'm getting at uh-huh. here. But if I'm dealing with someone who leads with red and they want to get to the point quickly and they're moving fast because they've got high motivators or a driver, they're getting things done. Mm-hmm. Then I know when I talk to them and they say, okay, what's the point? Get, <laughs> get to where you're getting. <laughs> I understand. Okay. They're not actually mad at me. There's no aggression here. This is just the way that they communicate and the way that they function. And it completely takes out all of that tension that can bubble up in those situations. So I love that point, Brad. You are so right. If we all just took that time to understand ourselves better, that helps us to understand everyone else too and create that empathy. And we should just start creating that world ourselves. <laughs> love it.
1: Yes. So- Uh, one of the things that we've gotten in the habit of doing over the last couple of weeks, we've had some really amazing, amazing guests. And, um, you know, you're just continuing that trend. So thank you (laughs) so much for being here, is we like to leave our listeners with a little nugget of wisdom. So for you, throughout your career, you've probably attain such incredible advice and, um, and really great insights and wisdom from other people as, as you've gone through and, and progressed into the position that you're at now. So throughout that, that journey, what is maybe one thing, one really extremely valuable piece of career advice that you can pass along now to this next generation?
2: I think we can talk science and we can talk assessments and we can research all day long. I think deep down, we instinctively know when something lights a fire inside of us when Mm -hmm. time just passes and we don't think about it and we're just so engaged and being productive I think we instinctively know what that feels like Mm -hmm. and so what I think a lot of us do is jump to why that couldn't possibly it's like too good to be true really Mm -hmm. I can make a living doing this and (laughs) it just seems too good to be true so I think just not putting up those roadblocks when you do find things that you love, finding other people. If there are other people that have a career doing that, then why can't you? And then mm-hmm. I'd say it it's a process. It's its a process that takes action. It takes sometimes doing that that scary feeling of reaching out and talking to somebody or applying for that position that might seem a little bit out of reach. Just keep moving and keep trying different things and pay attention to what feels good and pay attention to what you don't want to do a whole lot anymore. And let that be your guide as you navigate this road. I love the saying of like, careers are not a ladder. They're, they're more of a jungle gym. So <laughs> oh, it's, I love it's that. like a process, right? You try things, you figure out what works, you pay attention to what gets you excited and comes easily. And then you move more in that direction. So I think, if I had to narrow it down to one thing I'd say just just keep taking action and, and paying attention to that gut feeling that you have inside you.
0: Yes, I love Beautiful. that. Beautiful fire that fire inside of you we all can understand what you're talking about when you say that we've all had those moments and it's just that catalyst and going with that momentum so beautiful thought to leave us on today julie i cannot thank you enough for being here it was just a joy to learn about the assessment to learn about you and how you've used this in your past you again were that person to share it with me and it's changed my life so thank you thank you Thank um,
2: you. I, I love the work that y'all are doing. This is um yes. there's just not enough resources out there for young people trying to navigate this career path. So, kudos to you for for hosting and
0: putting this out every week. It's great.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And that's a really nice segue for us to ask how our listeners can connect with you. How can they find you, Julie? They can email me at julie@compassdiscoveries.com. At And you're on LinkedIn also, correct? I'm on LinkedIn as well. Okay. So a couple of different ways to find Miss Julie. Go out there, search for her, get some more of that insight on your own as well. And for all of our listeners out there, stay tuned for next week, where we're talking about experiences and how they can greatly enhance self-awareness. Check your mirrors, how to find clues in your experience to serve as your compass. Until next time, this is your career GPS and your journey awaits.